0: This is Game Theory, our podcast about strategy, competition, and decision-making. In this episode, we talk about the northern white rhino, how it's on the brink of extinction, and how and if we should bring it back. The last known male northern white rhino died in 2018. We've all seen the Instagram posts of the armed guards comforting the rhino in his final days. Now, as science advances, there are two known females left. If we have the capability to intervene scientifically to impregnate one of the female northern white rhinos, should we? Is this our fault? Or is this simply evolution? And welcome to episode 10 of Game Theory... A show about strategy, decision making and competition. I'm Nick.
1: I'm Chris. Nick, when was the last time you looked at a live rhinoceros in person? A live rhinoceros.
0: Uh, I saw a couple. I think we were kids at the Hogel Zoo, which is in Salt
1: Lake City. Yep. I think that's the last time I looked at one too. Nick, let's talk a little bit about the techniques that are at play for trying to get the Northern white rhino back on track. Hey So, The Economist published a really fascinating article about this kind of thing recently. As per usual. As per usual, The Economist you can always count on them for top quality analysis. Mm-hmm. And the basic idea is that in order to create a new member of the species, you got to create an embryo. And to create an embryo, you have to have two what are called gametes. Well, this is in sexually reproducing organisms. You got to have two gametes that combine like a sperm fertilizes an egg and it becomes a zygote. So gametes to zygotes, that's the plan. So right now, scientists have harvested eggs from the last two living female rhinoceroses, and you can preserve eggs for a long time. That technology has been around and understood for a long time. Now, the tricky part, I don't know how they would have done this, but sperm from deceased males had previously been collected and frozen. So some of the ranchers among us, I mean, you could probably explain that in way too much detail, but they were able to harvest it and put it on ice, preserve the gametes. So now you got a harvested egg, you got harvested sperm, you do in vitro, meaning in glass, like in the laboratory fertilization, and bam, you got yourself a northern white rhino embryo. And if you raise it, give it enough nutrients, give it the right environment, it's gonna grow up into a nice healthy white rhino calf and become just a white rhino. There's also a technique called in vitro gametogenesis, meaning the creation of a gamete in the lab. So the idea there is that tissue samples from deceased females, they had also been previously collected and frozen and and preserved. And then the skin cells can be transformed into stem cells And those stem cells have the ability to turn into eggs. So you've got an artificial kind of egg from real legit Northern white rhino tissue, and there's your gamete. And you can mix that gamete with a preserved frozen sperm gamete in vitro fertilization. you got yourself a zygote. So that's the theory behind trying to bring back the Northern white rhino. And it's doing exactly what you said earlier. I mean, we're kind of going against the natural evolutionary order here in undoing a process that took place, you know, for whatever the cause was, the fact that we poached him to death, it, we're, we're reversing that. It is a slippery slope when we think about what are we going to bring
0: back. And what I said earlier, I really genuinely think, I couldn't think of an animal that makes sense to resurrect because A, this one is not completely gone yet, which I think is an important part of this.
1: That's true. Yeah, there's still white rhinos walking around,
0: both of them. Both of them are walking around. They're owned by the Czech Republic, but they're in a National Wildlife Reserve in Africa. I think Kenya, which is kind of cool. Good for the I Czech don't Republic. understand how that works, yeah, but okay. I, I know that there are armed guards with unsanctioned military firepower following Unreal. Them down, so Which is like a case. So they're, they're, I mean, we've all seen the pictures on Instagram. They're really cool. Regardless, I, don't, I can't think of another thing that we should or that could possibly make the argument, but... I can see scientists, because scientists are incapable of not moving forward. They're like, well, if we do it to the rhino, we'll do it to the passenger pigeon. And then people who are isolated territories, they can communicate with each other. And like, look at this, it's been preserved. There's a mammoth that's been frozen, and it's essentially perfect. There's it's like our boy stomach.
1: Wong from Doctor Strange no knowledge at Kamataj is forbidden. Only certain practices, Only. but then Doctor Strange does the practices and it like saves the day. It's so. a, yeah, it saves the day, which is totally legit. It's, um, yeah, exactly the same thing.
0: But that's that's exactly right. So you can create, we can help them come back, but ethically, as we mentioned earlier, is a huge deal. There is, however, something called the ethos or ethos. I don't know how to pronounce it. Checklist, the Bio Rescue Program, which is mm. the group, the consortium who has been brought together to decide: A, is it possible? B, how do we do it? And C. Uh, should we do it? I'm looking at the University finally, of Leicester. finally. Scientists
1: are asking if they should. Sure.
0: Yes. Uh, this is the University of Leicester, or if you're American, Leicester. Like it, it's it's like guys, come on. We can't disrespect the C in the middle of a word. I don't know how that and how they how they those people those English people <sighs> hoodwinked us into pronouncing a city in America, Worcester, that is so clearly Worcester.
1: I'm, I'm not, I, 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 I will not kowtow to the British or people from Massachusetts. No, I won't do it. For first of all, yeah, definitely not them. But how is,
0: answer me this, British people and Massachusetts people. I've heard a very derogatory term for you people that I will Six not one. be repeating. Here. How is it Worcester, but it's not Duster. It's Dorchester. <laughs> like, have, has no one addressed that? Worcester and Duster? It's Duster, <laughs> Or Duster do dooster if you're gonna make me call it worcester you have to call it dooster
1: it's i mean it's one s away from the way that people in new jersey pronounce water water worcester water. Like, come on worcester. you're you're enabling this guys yeah,
0: exactly that's exactly right. anyway the, the university of Leicester. The university of leicester yeah, leicester, yeah, leicester. Yeah, that's right there there's a checklist i have it up here um so the, the group is called the BioRescue Consortium. They are here to help us. So the checklist is pretty advanced. There are many bullets. But essentially, I'll read you the high-level bullets. Have you considered the risks? Well, in science generally, actually, no. We find that a lot of oversight is missed. Everyone's just so excited to advance. Number two, might anyone else be at risk? What would those risks be? How will you protect your data? How can these risks be addressed? Detail and recruitment of participants. So this is specifically technology that involve, or science that involves humans as a test subject, or involves a technology that can directly
1: impact humans. Which, of course, we know in vitro fertilization has had a massive impact on humans.
0: Correct. And that's where Uh, you get to things like CRISPR, where you're editing genetics, where you can essentially mm -hmm. one day, like incredibly soon, like, and I mean, theoretically, it's possible now to go to the store and order a human. You can go and say, like, I want my child to have blue eyes. I want my child to have this color hair. I want my child to have this and this and this, and you can kind of, and we're kind of narrowing down like how personality traits work. And if we we have the ability to, like, hey, let's create some rhinos. Some animals don't want to, uh, boink, Chris, and that is part of the problem. So if you have the ability to make horny animals, it will help propagate the species. Pandas have this problem. We'll talk about this in a minute. Yeah, their Tinder bios just suck. They're just, it's, it's just so lazy. It's just, it's just selfies, essentially, and then just nothing. They just expect you to swipe on the selfie. It's totally lazy. And all the men have fish. All the male pandas have pictures of them <laughs> holding a fish. That is just <laughs> unbelievably classless. With the boys, hey, you the fish? toss them back a natty. that's exactly right but if we have the ability to order a horny rhino then do we have the ability to go to the store and order ourselves a tom brady or a michael phelps and that's where this gets really intense but rhinos
1: are all horny nick you ever seen one
0: we're going to wrap up this episode by talking about the fact that some animals have genetic traits and things that make them a like we said with pandas they don't want a bone which is a huge problem like the chinese have showed them panda porn to get them in the mood and it doesn't work. But there are other animals Wait. that have something that is just so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who is the artist? Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a good call. I think, <laughs> I think that people dress up like pandas and like emulate it. I think that's like a no. thing that's been sanctioned by the government. I
1: think they probably not- don't even have to like get zoo workers to do it. I, I mean, think, if you, you don't have I to look very far find to find people to who will to do that, do you they
0: bring their cell phones and they just like put it on. And they oh my days. God. They probably got reimbursed for that, to be honest. It's not a you know, you
1: however you want to find self-expression in this life, if, you, if you're good at something, never do it for free. Never. Did. That is the best advice. <laughs> I forget
0: what stupid movie that came from. I think about that all the time, all the time. <laughs> that was from The
1: Dark Knight. It
0: was from The Dark Knight. That That's when the right. Joker was, was in there. Was he was, joke. like,
1: intimidating all these guys, and he, like, slams that guy's face on the pencil.
0: That's right. What a great what a great scene that is. All right, Chris, so you told me a story about an animal So we like the pangolin has healing powers that might be what caused COVID-19 and the coronavirus and might've walked out of a lab. Maybe a pangolin walked in and out of a lab. We don't know, but people think that it has healing powers, think the rhino has healing powers. They Mm -hmm. think that like antlers are aphrodisiacs and all this stuff. Sometimes it's not witchcraft. Sometimes animals really do have something that sets them apart. You told me a story that blew my mind. It's hilarious. and I know this as a fat guy, what this
1: is like when you can't stop eating something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the, the the giant tortoise is a very cool animal. It's also very rare. It's also a protected species. Uh, it's one of several species of like large land tortoises, oh my God. and it was first discovered in the Galapagos. Uh, it also lives in Seychelles, but uh, Galapagos was a, the first like recorded case of it. Uh-huh. And I told like it took like three hundred years for this thing to get like a Latin name. You know, like. I can't think of a Latin name right now. Like Petrificus totalis yeah, like or whatever. Like, or whatever like every 39. every animal species has a specific Latin name that it's like, you know, the industry standard. Yeah. It took like 300 years for the giant tortoise to get one. It's like, I, I, you know, you might think, well, giant tortoise is probably just good, right? Like it's just a big tortoise. Mm-hmm. But the reason is they have this really unfortunate property that they're just delicious, apparently. <laughs> I mean, there there's, there's records of these natural philosophers and stuff going out to the Galapagos and finding them. And like, they're described as like, they're compared to like beef and mutton and pork and butter and all this stuff. And all the descriptions we have are comparing how much better the tortoise is than all of those things. People are (laughs) like, it's the best thing I've ever eaten. So this is true. They tried to get the tortoises back to, like, London, where, you know, they were colonizing the animal world, too. Sure. So they could name it and dissect it and discover it and all this stuff, and they couldn't. They just... People just <laughs> kept eating them on the voyage. <laughs> <laughs> they, they couldn't make it from the Galapagos back to the British Isles without <laughs> eating the tortoises. It's just... It's so funny to me, first of all, because, like, think if you're
0: on the boat and you've got, like, this weird stale beer that's, like, there to keep you alive and, like, a bunch of bread that's molding. you're like, yeah,
1: but, like... We got four like, all of right, all right. left. boys we're gonna get 11 this time oh my God. we can eat 10 of them but we can't eat the 11th one we can't have God. to bring it all the way back this time
0: I can just see a scenario like someone needs to make a skit out this is a perfect SNL or Saturday Night Live or a uh, South Park kind of thing where you're like who's the person that's responsible It's like hiding the last one it's like under their bed and like that guy's like shit I really want it really bad. <laughs> it's like going to the grocery store you're like don't get the Twizzlers They're for the road trip like well half of them are gone now Like, who was in the enclosure last? Oh, my God. All right. (laughs) So today we're talking about how we kind of can bring things back now, kind of, sort of, and should we? And what about hunting for food and resources versus, like, mining an animal? Uh, No real economist game theory concepts in this episode. It's more of a, a resource management and then a bioethics conversation, and it gets kind of... It can get religious pretty quickly. It also gets kind of scary pretty quickly. That with science in this area since CRISPR in 2011 has advanced uh, so quickly. It's it's kind of wild. Yeah.
1: Well, I I mean, it becomes even more complicated when you have an animal like the northern white rhino that is so rare. It's incredibly rare. Uh, How many did you say are alive right now? So there are two alive right now. And for those of you paying attention, in 2018,
0: a very famous photo, which I have pulled up on. On our screen right there, you can see it. Chris can't see it, but I can see it. I can't see it. <laughs> that's, that's how production works. Um, that rhino died in 2018, and he was an older male leaving behind. Right now, there are only two confirmed northern white rhinoceroses, and they're both female, and I believe that one is the other one's mother. So there's only two. There is some people that suspect that there's possibly a male here or there in captivity somewhere that was misclassified as a southern white rhinoceros and that's a, it's a subspecies and we can get, that gets into a whole thing too um, about like, does it really matter that they're going to be gone? But for me, Chris, I guess I believe in evolution as a thing that is, we are all part of it, whether to quote rush if you choose not to choose, you have listen, chosen. Listen, if you want to get into a rush discussion, we can get into a rush discussion. But what the, the point, that is a general point where, I don't know the quote, I'm sure you'll correct me.
1: Wheels within wheels, in a spiral array, a pattern so grand and complex. Mm, no, not, no. If you choose not to choose, you have chosen, right? You oh, you're thinking, oh I was thinking a of natural science. Yeah, you're thinking of free will. Free yeah. will. Yes. you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. Right,
0: exactly. So no matter what people say about evolution or not, like you're participating in part of the ecosystem. But what gets trippy to me is when we use animals as if they are a natural resource to be mined and not something that is to be harvested. So if you think of a crop, and this happened a lot in the Dust Bowl where things are being over-farmed, right? If you think of a crop, you got to grow the crop and then you harvest the crop, right? That's We learn this in America, especially millennials, somewhere between the age of five and 10, depending on the first time you watched The Lion King. Right, this is, the li- this is what the song, The Circle of Life was about. Uh, I just watched the uh, first couple of seasons of Yellowstone and in the first episode, the Kevin Costner, the old man looks at the kid and he goes like, what do you see? He's like, well, I see, pointing at cattle, I see something that I gotta feed and take care of till it grows up and feeds and takes care of me. That's, that's Circle of Life, fine. Well, what is that the Lion the King? Kevin Costner's in the Lion
1: King. What's that? Kevin, You said Kevin Costner's in the Lion King He's in Yellowstone cattle? season one,
0: Chris. He's in Yellowstone season one. See you see behind me? Like the, the, the Million Dollar Cowboy Bar. It looks like that in every shot. It's pretty... It's, it's okay. It's a pretty good show. It's a good season. Yeah, I don't know. The larger point I'm trying to make is that if you just harvest these animals for an economic good, like you're mining or drilling for oil, then eventually, much quicker than a natural resource that was compounded over millennia in the planet, that resource is gonna run out. And we see that this has happened before with buffalo. They think that there were less than 500 of them in the 1800s. They, They hunted them for their furs in the Great Plains era, they didn't use the meat. It wasn't about you know letting them grow back up and harvesting them like a crop, like a cycle. It's just like, hey, we we found oil. Let's sell all the oil. When that happens, the species can get threatened to the level of extinction. And if it does go extinct, I don't find that extinction to be part of the natural ecosystem of evolution the same way that any other animal going extinct because it couldn't adapt.
1: Well, there's a couple of ways to think about it. I mean, the, the thought process that hunting things to extinction isn't part of evolution presupposes that human beings are outside the natural order. Mm -hmm. If you think about it another way where humans are just another part on the food chain and we just have the, the capacity to think existentially about what it means to hunt and kill and eat and procreate, then I can see where you're coming from. But if humans are just part of that natural order, we just happen to do things in a systematic way That's just another example of animal behavior, and it is natural. I mean, how many trillions of species have been recorded or or estimated to have existed without having been observed in the fossil record or anywhere that went extinct and are no longer alive today? There's no longer evidence of that. A lot of that happened before the human species came about, and it happens for a lot of different reasons other than extinction. So I mean, depending on how you think about it, is it irresponsible to kill all the bison knowing that they're a phenomenal natural resources no but is it unnatural but if if the white rhinoceros would be hunted
0: by locals to eat and live duh that's literally the point of evolution that's not what's happening and that's not what happened with the buffalo and that's not what's happening in the oceans now it's being hunted as a way to sell something and it's not being replaced if you cut all the corn out of Iowa and you don't share crop and you don't rotate things, you're not going to have any corn one year. Like, There's not going to be any, and you did that. Now, if there's no possibility of ever having corn left again, you should probably try to way to like, unscrew that. And that's sort of what I think. Like this, this, to me, is an exception of messing with the evolutionary process. And I can't really think of another one, to be honest with you.
1: Well, yeah, and I, well, I, I think that... Brings up a good point that evolution is not necessarily advancement. I think, I think there's a misconception that like we we see movies like X-Men, where we talk about how mutants are the next step in human evolution and like, oh wow, we have all these powers, but the real, the real G's, the real X-Men G's among us will know that there are some X-Men that have like really crappy powers. Hey like, like what's her name Rogue? Like she can't have human contact. Like that's not that's not the next step in human evolution. That yeah. I mean it might be the next step but it's not like a step forward. Right. There's like one guy that just like has eyeballs all over him. Like how is that like how is that even remotely comparable to like Storm who can control the weather? Hey like, that's so it's not that it's this linear march toward progress and we're supposed to use all our little resources to like build our settlements and become better and all that. Like that's not evolution. That's development. That's human progress, but that's not evolution. Evolution is really more about random changes in genes and characteristics of animals that, that are more adaptable and better suited to the environment that make that individual more likely to survive and thrive and procreate than others who don't have that characteristic. And it's really just a throw of the dice. And uh, since you brought that up, there's this famous quotation about evolution. It's the title of a 1973 essay by uh, this evolutionary biologist by the name of Theodosius Dobzhansky. He said, nothing in biology makes sense except in the light of evolution. I uh, love that quotation because that is on a seal on the floor of the Jordan Hall of Science at the world's greatest institution of higher learning, the University of Notre Dame. And so that principle really guides everything we know about biology, but it's not necessarily with each step in the evolutionary process, the animal gets better, or we make things better for the individuals that exist. It's just, this is how genes change, and sometimes it's favorable, and sometimes It's not,
0: and you die. I've been thinking about, as you know, a really formative book that I read, I like everyone else, like roll your eyes, be prepared to roll your eyes, was uh, The Selfish Gene by Richard Dawkins. And it it blew my mind because it's like the idea that ideas could possibly exist in some sort of way in your brain. Like you can breed ideas without wanting to breed ideas. Like uh, culture is actually biological at a certain point after a certain amount of time. That kind of made sense to me. You can tell the, the example I always give to people when I'm explaining a real life meme which is what he called them, not what's going on, in the, not like a really funny tweet that a famous Instagram account puts online. That's not a meme. A meme is the idea that like, it's an idea that is a part of you that you may or may not know about. He theorized that it's just not visible to current science. An example that I use is long hair for women. Um, many, many hundreds of millions of women have long hair in Western society. That's a direct result of the Old Testament in the Bible. However, even for women who don't really follow any monotheistic religion, it's still a part of their identity in many cases. Nobody can really explain why it's just femininity. Well, that's a meme. You don't know why you are or what you, why you want something, but you do. That is mimetic. So I've been thinking a lot about this idea of that perhaps because humans are so unprecedented, at least in our own knowledge, that occasionally we're in periods of revolution and not evolution where there's a massive systemic jump. We gain consciousness and we are able to game the system in such a way that it's not the natural order. Like for me, it's kind of a weird circle in my brain of like, is that part of evolution though? Are we so much more advanced than other animals that we can just kind of dictate which ones can exist? It's like, if we wanted to get rid of all the
1: deer, could we? I mean, you'd think so, right? I mean, unless you got a bunch of really crappy hunters. <laughs> No, I mean, we, we can devise ways to do that, probably. I mean, look at the, look at the capacity we have to destroy and, and all that. I mean, so are we the ultimate predator? Maybe. I don't know. Nick, I want to get us back on what's really an important track. First, let's get back to the buffalo. I have a very important buffalo fact for you. Okay. You can make an entire sentence out of the word buffalo. What I'm about to say is a fully complete, grammatically correct sentence. This better be gold. Buffalo, 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 I'm not kidding. That's a real sentence. That makes perfect sense. All right. Because you got Buffalo. Yeah. That's a noun. It's a Buffalo. Yep. You got Buffalo, which is a verb. That means to like shoulder around and like jostle in a crowd or whatever, like bully Buffalo. And then you got Buffalo with a capital B. That's the town. I'm going to say it's in Wyoming. Some fake fans will say it's in New York. So, you got Buffalo Buffalo. That's Ooh. Buffalo from Buffalo, New York. A, an animal shoulders somewhere? the city of New A York. Buffalo. Oh,
0: uh-huh.
1: Buffalo Buffalo. That Buffalo Buffalo Buffalo. So it's Buffalo Buffalo. That Buffalo Buffalo Buffalo. Ew. Buffalo <laughs> Buffalo Buffalo. That Stop. Buffalo Buffalo Stop. Buffalo. Stop. Get rid of the vats, and you got a perfectly grammatically correct sense. Which I think is really the most important part of this discussion. And then people ruin it with Google Bison. That? Did
0: you just find that on Google? And you were as we were talking, you were like, "No, no fucking way."
1: No, the first time I heard that was years and years ago. So, Cayman, if you're out there listening to this, remember that time we were driving with your dad through Utah on our way to California. We were out to go visit Uncle Craig and Aunt Glory and train for football and all that. And we just had the radio on. I don't know what the deal was. I think Cayman was like half asleep. His dad was driving. Shout-outs to Chris. I think he was half asleep. I was like half asleep. Very weird time. And this guy was talking about some some NPR deal. You know how they get with their stories and whatever. And it was like some excerpt from a book, and he's just like, Buffalo, 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 Buffalo. And then he repeated that like three or four times.
0: I will say that, I mean, just real quick, side tangent. Um, radio DJs are on another planet of both intelligence and wit. They, are, they take 10 <laughs> seconds and change your life. Like change your life. They're yeah, the spirit of radio. We if you re- begin the day with a
1: friendly voice, a companion, unobtrusive. That's plays exact. that song. It's so elusive. Magic music makes your morning mood. Yeah. Talk, 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 ta, talk, ta, talk, ta, talk, talk. Yeah. Ta, now, Nick, ta, ta. Yes. we also need to discuss. I think the focus of the episode, which is the rhinoceros.
0: Yeah. Let's uh, let's talk about yeah. So let's talk about the the great white rhino. There are two first, of them. I'll just jump in here with some just first. Some, yeah. Okay. Go we've
1: got we've got some quality general rhinoceros information, not necessarily specific yes, to the northern white rhino. The first piece of trivium, the first trivium rather, it's not a piece of trivium, is. That the first rhinoceros like Pokemon was named Rhyhorn. Came out in the jungle set. There he is right there. There's our man standing at a towering three foot three, 254. Pretty stocky. Yeah, all right. I'd want him, I'd want him on the line. Sure. Uh, he evolved then into Rhydon. Also came out. That's a base set too, but he also came out in the jungle. Base Somehow that one first, is like twice set. as tall. This one's six three. So he like doubles in length. Two sixty-five. That's a three-car so, family, right? Isn't there? A, isn't there a de- like a grandfather? Well, okay. I don't acknowledge the third one. It's na- mm. It's named Riperior, which ah. I think it came out in like the eighth generation. Which wow. let's get real here. But I looked at it once. It, it looks like the bad guy from like the first level of Sonic Two. Oh. Nice. It, it's an insult to the entire exactly. family. Right on is as cool as it gets, and they're like, you know what? Let's make it better by making him bald and having like a drill nose. What? Like I get it, you got the rhinoceros horn, but I mean the guy's got like drill arms too. Like okay, Robotnik. Robotnik.
0: Yes, that's exactly. I remember. I, yeah, I know exactly. Mm-hmm,
1: Doctor Egghead. Yeah, it, it's garbage, so I don't acknowledge that one. I also have here the complete dictionary of symbols, mm-hmm. edited by Jack Tressider. There's an entry on rhinoceros that can give us some enlightenment on the plight of the rhinoceros. So the entry reads, the rhinoceros is a lucky emblem in China, curiously linked with scholarship. Here we are. Yeah. Folklore said its horn could detect poison. Superstitiously, powdered rhinoceros horn is thought to improve virility. And its medicinal use in India may have contributed to the legend of the unicorn. So, Nick, you said these things are being hunted for money. It's probably not just for the alleged medicinal purposes, although I'm sure if you spend enough time on the dark web, you could probably find like powdered rhino horn or something. It's a, it's a valuable commodity, and people think it's so valuable that they're willing to poach it. And that's put rhinoceros in a world of hurt where there are only two left in the world that we know of that's interesting and you, you
0: just use an important word and that word is poaching because i think when we talk about hunting like hunting is you're in a relationship with your surroundings the same way a farmer is or whatever if you're going to eat food it was either grown or it was raised like period that is what food is so i guess it could be just created in a lab which is sort of along the exact same lines of this conversation to be honest, you ever had me.
1: impossible meat sucks yeah. man yeah that's fine Maybe. is it, 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 it but that's plant-based though and it's not like lab grown is it
0: uh, I, mean, I don't you know. know. I lab, just know but... that what South Park's commentary on it makes me think that it is industrialized the same way that beef is, but veggie patties aren't. So, But they're not trying to be better than... I don't understand.
1: I just... It's it's so bad. I mean, bad. I don't mean to disrespect the people that try to make it and make it good, but nobody's succeeded yet. Yeah. no.
0: one day, perhaps, with, with the miracle of science, we'll get there right after we figure out balding and, like, how... The fact that you can't take a pill to get rid of your itch is ridiculous. You ever really <laughs> itchy with mosquito bites. You're like you just take a pill. Like no ibuprofen doesn't do that. Nothing happens. That, do you know why?
1: Do, do you know why it feels better when you scratch an itch? Uh, no. Because your body does like your fingernails does it does like a small bit of damage to the area, and your brain like thinks it's injured, so it releases a bunch of like feel good hormones like dopamine and stuff to like neutralize the injury and so it's like disproportionate because it's not an injury it's just a little itch but you scratched it so the brain thinks it's solving this some big problem and it's like all right thanks bud
0: (laughs) that's fascinating yeah evolution is not doing much there that is interesting for sure that was a pretty nice fun little episode on the uh, on the northern white rhino resources
1: of course in this show notes hey nick what do you get when you cross a rhino and an elephant tell me Elephino.